It's time for Out of Bounds. Two beauties! With William Quackenbush. Slow your roll. The, the show goes till three, loser. And Ben Milstead. My gosh, we need an intervention for you. Be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. If Bama can hold him out, perhaps a field goal attempt for overtime. Watson. Touchdown! Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. And Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold. Out of bounds. Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. If any of you need anything at all, too bad. Deal with your problems yourselves like adults. It's time. All right, let's do this. Match point, touchdown, etc. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the roar on a Friday, March the 1st. 2024. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quackenbush, Ben Milstead. We are live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Great day for baseball. Woo! <laughs> Nothing says baseball like 36 and torrential rain. <laughs> How are you, Ben? <laughs> I'm good, man. I uh, I'll be boarding a plane heading to Indiana later this afternoon, where it's warm. <laughs> I was gonna say, what's the temperature in South Bend right now? Oh, tomorrow it's like sunny and 58. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh man, we we flip flopped. Winter has decided to move back into the Upstate, and uh, the daffodils are blooming in South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> I suppose. Oh, just fantastic. I love it so much. Um, just for the record, I I am I am still we're we're off the air two today, and I'm planning to drive down to Columbia as if baseball is happening. Yes. Uh preemptively I would tell everybody we do not know anything about baseball today, nothing whatsoever. Uh, the show is scheduled to end at 2 p.m. so that Qualk can get there in time to do his pregame interviews and get set up and all that stuff. Walt will be on at 3 o'clock. If something changes between now and then, then we will be on until 3 as normal. But otherwise, uh, we'll be ending this little program program at 2 so that Qualk can um, catch a boat to head to Columbia. <laughs> I did gas up my jet ski this morning. I did, just in case. Um, but you're doing okay. Otherwise, you're doing all right. Man, I am. I am. It's, um, yes. <laughs> I, I am. It, it was not sure what how to label this week. Uh, I'm happy that it's Friday. How, we'll just go with that. It's March 1st also, man. I don't know what happened to February, but it's gone. Would you say we leapt past it? We 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 leapt right on by. <laughs> um, 
I am I'm jacked up that it's March too. Yeah, and also we do not know back to baseball just a moment. Uh James and Greenwood asking. It's a good question. We do not know at this point what the contingency we plan would be if baseball got rained. Let me rephrase. When baseball gets rained out today, uh-huh. we do not know. This happened one other time and they made it up later in the season. Tomorrow you're at a at a quote unquote neutral site. Also in Columbia, I don't think they would play two there, but you never know. If I'm South Carolina, I don't want to play two there because I want to play I, I want the full gate from my home stadium playing Clemson. So I I don't know. I mean like we we truly don't know what happens in this it's such an unusual situation where you're you're three games in three different locations that you know i i will we'll let you know when we know that's right and um you know a couple things on that just because i know like and I'm, I'm gonna say this i think people generally are frustrated that they that we don't have clarity on this i would say i am at the top of the list of frustrated people just being honest because I do like I am trying to figure out how to do a show and get down there today. And if we're not going to play baseball, there's no need like we owe you guys 3 hours. You sign up for 3 hours every day. When we That's have what to, y'all pay for. Yeah, I that's mean, right. That's that's what y'all pay for. That's right. And we <laughs> we we need to give the people what they paid for um or else we're going to have to refund every cent. And we we guarantee that. We will we will refund every cent you for know, the third. I'll round. I'll go a step further. I'll refund you 125%. Whoa, whoa, getting loosey-goosey with the boss man's money. Got to love that. Um, And so, yeah, like it's frustrating, but, and I was telling my wife this this morning, there is no incentive for South Carolina to make a decision about this game. Honestly, until, I mean, they could, we could show up at the ballpark and sit there and it rain and rain and rain, seven, eight, nine o'clock. We could do pregame today. There's no incentive for them to make a decision on this. Now, I don't think that's actually going to happen. But there's no incentive for this for two reasons. One is because if it gets rained out, the there's like a 99.7% chance this game is not played this weekend and it is not played Monday. Right. Mark Kingston has already said probably not going to do a Saturday doubleheader because think about the logistics of... Let's say you play at you're supposed to play at four at Segra Park. So do you do like twelve and six, twelve and seven? Like what are the baseball logistics of doing that, of moving venues? If you move from one venue to the other, are you having a home game at twelve at Segra and then you have a neutral site at seven? What do you do with the tickets for that? Like there's a lot of questions about that part. And then there's also the uh the specter of the South Carolina, Florida men's basketball game tomorrow at noon so they're not going to want to compete with their home game that's right but with the with clemson baseball where they're going to want it packed out plus and a big home basketball game against florida in the uh in the sec and then monday it appears is off the table too just simply because of schedule like clemson could probably do it this week because clemson does not have a tuesday game and does have a wednesday game this week it's just the way it worked out with the schedules. South Carolina, though, plays Tuesday and Wednesday, so you would ask them to play five games in five days and then have a Thursday off and then play the weekend. 
that's not really something that we want to ask teams to do, particularly early in the season. So, and particularly since it's South Carolina's game to reschedule or to postpone to make that weather call in conjunction with Clemson, I might add, you're just not, you're not going to do that. So, if you're not going to have to figure out when to play it this weekend and how to contort your pitching rotation and all that stuff, it either gets played today or it gets played later, then there's no incentive to do it early. So that's why we that's why we sit here and we uh, we wait. And I, I don't want it tomorrow tomorrow night either because you do have you got Clemson basketball at seven forty five in uh, at at Notre Dame. So there you go. It does. I mean, a texter points out from the A six four in a vacuum a split site day night doubleheader tomorrow makes too much sense. That would be, I mean you know what it, that would be kind of cool. Yes. Um, I, I don't think it would happen, but that'd be kind of cool. I I really like... I like, would like, I you, would like you that end, day. You end game one and, okay, everybody hop on the bus. And you roll on over to the other stadium and get, you know, that, that'd be different. If there were no other considerations, I would love... Just from a baseball mm-hmm. standpoint, I would love that. That'd be kinda awesome, like, especially if they're going to be in Columbia anyway. Yeah, you know, kind of like old softball tournaments. Well, you're on field A at noon and field B <laughs> at 3 p.m. I love that. All right, where's our next game? We won, so where's our next game? We lost, so where's our next oh, game? Oh, man, that brings that brings back memories. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, anyway, there, there's that. Can I, can I posit something to you here related to baseball? I think Clemson is better than South Carolina, but I really think – I really think there are some matchup issues for Clemson in, again, playing two out of three games in South Carolina's backyard and some of the pitching stuff where Clemson's Friday night spot is still not solidified in any way, shape, or form. You're still very much trying to figure that out. South Carolina, I'm, I'm not sure their pitching is a whole lot better than Clemson on the whole, but they've pitched better thus far. And they feel like, I feel like they have a better idea of what they have, at least on Friday. Um, I actually think it benefits Clemson. If they don't play tonight, you play Saturday, Sunday with Smith and Canock, and then you get six more weeks or eight more weeks or four more weeks or two more weeks or however much. I'm just picking numbers now. Uh, you get time to look at your pitchers and see who would go in potentially a clinching game against South Carolina in a midweek on Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it ends up being. I actually think it could benefit Clemson in that regard. It could, but the drawback to that is when it would be made up is when you are when both teams are in conference play, and you're still you're not like you make this game up on a Tuesday a month from now. You're not throwing a weekend starter, correct? For e, I mean for either team. So that may be what you're di- what you just said. Well, no, that you're. But you're right. Like, it wouldn't be one of your three best arms. It would not be one of your three best arms. But I'm not certain, and this is kind of my point, to to that end, I'm not sure Clemson is throwing one of its three best arms tonight anyway. I see. And I think South Carolina is. So, like, tonight would be the mismatch game. Kind of like Sunday last year was a mismatch game, not just because of playing at South Carolina, but because this is the... This is the day where I feel like the overwhelming advantage is to uh, South Carolina from a from a pitching standpoint. 
like when I'm when I'm looking at probable starters for this series tonight, where you've got Barlow and Eli Jones, I think that is advantage South Carolina for sure. Um, I'm looking at tomorrow and saying Eskew and Smith. I think that's advantage Clemson. I think Smith is is the better arm there in the neutral side game. And then you come back home to Clemson on Sunday, and that, to me, is a bit more of a coin flip. I think Kanak is nasty. Kimball is also nasty for South Carolina. I think there's a little more volatility in that matchup both ways based on what we've seen thus far. And so that would be the coin flip game. So, again, I think if there is if there is an advantage to be had by not playing tonight, from a pitching standpoint, it might be Clemson's. And from a crowd standpoint, it might be Clemson's as well because that is the game that's at South Carolina. Um, Doug in Clemson says this. I'm just looking at the weather in Columbia. The percentages dropped by half between 8 and 9 p.m. So starting at 9 p.m. is like 50% down to 40-some percent for the rest of the night. If this stuff gets out of here, I'm assuming we can play the game at 9 p.m., I mean, it's po- that's what I'm saying. That is a possibility to see if, when the percentage chances go down, to see if the game could be started a little bit later tonight and go ahead and play it rather than just call it at 1 if the team's already down there. Fields drain incredibly well now, but, but, but look outside. Yeah. You know, at some point, Fields can't, can no longer drain. <laughs> There's an inch of rain falling in 12 hours. That's going to be hard. Yeah. We're not playing baseball today. I mean, we're just we're just waiting on the official announcement. Realistically, that's correct. And again, that therein lies the frustration. So while you're frustrated, just know that like we are we are also frustrated here and I'm sure Clemson's not super happy but willing to wait and South Carolina's not super. I don't think anybody really loves having to do this. Just being honest. Um, I don't think anybody. I just, I just told you. I think there's an advantage to Clemson, but I don't think anybody enjoys the. Like, I don't think Eric Baggage is secretly going, "Yeah, man, yes, only two games. We get to figure it out by April, late March, whatever, May, whenever they decide to play this." Um, all right, we're good. I don't think anybody's doing that. I think Clemson really wants to play. South Carolina really wants to play. You're going to have twenty thousand plus fans at these three games combined. It's the greatest rivalry in college baseball. And it's greatest when the teams have expectation. And so not being able to play on Friday night is just kind of a it's kind of a buzzkill. It does create a little extra juice, I think, for the neutral side game tomorrow because that's I mean, that's when you start. Like if uh if Clemson wins that neutral side game, then you you got a great shot to win the series. If you can win that neutral side game tomorrow, then you're coming home Sunday. If you're South Carolina, you get to start in your place. Then you get a quasi home game in terms of venue and where you get to sleep. Uh, you you have a chance to win a series, clinch a series before you ever go back to Clemson. So again, like it doesn't suck for Clemson, but nobody wants to do this. Um, six five four roars the number if you want to join us. Six five four seven six two seven. I just in setting up the rest of the show, we got a lot of thoughts on college hoops. We want to get to ACC brackets. Um, I, I have a. I, I just got I got upset yesterday, and then I don't know who retweeted me, but I've had a lot of Big 12 people in my mentions uh, that are making some of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard regarding the Big 12 and schedules. In fact, they are arguing things that aren't even factual, and I'm not even responding because it's so it's so dumb and ridiculous. But it has made my blood boil just a little bit, so we'll get back to that discussion. 
Um, the SEC and the Big Ten are trying to power grad. They're so blatantly obvious that I'm not even sure. Like, I barely think that they're actually doing it. Like, <laughs> they, it, it feels like they, they work better in the shadows. So, I'm, I, there's got to be some other thing going on where they're trying to get both of the buys in the 14-team playoff. I thought of an advantage that that could potentially be to Clemson. Ooh, let's talk about that. Ooh, I like that because I I have not thought of one. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I love it. Uh, When we come back, we've got Brett Friedlander who's going to join us. We'll talk maybe a little college baseball. I do want to ask about the 14-team playoff and the specter of that and how it relates to the ACC in his mind. And then, of course, a big, big weekend, the next to last regular season weekend for men's basketball. Stay with us. Hour one of the program continues right after this. Yeah, so what inspires me to be involved with the Dream Center really is that it's a hand up rather than a hand out. You're very tangibly connected to these people's lives and they're just not take the money and run. It's not hit and run help. It's real relationship and nobody changes without a tangible, meaningful relationship reason to change. And that's incredible to me. Learn more about how you can volunteer at dreamcenterpc.org today. Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screened porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. One Tom Plumber will be there in an hour, or they'll discount your bill. In one hour? Yeah. Just dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. That's their name. That's their number. Call the plumber whose name is his number. One Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber. Hey, guys. It's time to reclaim that alpha feeling. If you've been feeling sluggish, carrying extra weight, or missing a step in the bedroom, it's time for a change. Book an appointment today at Low Country Mail. Our concierge testosterone replacement therapy plans start at just $220 a month, covering testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We also offer growth hormone replacement and top-notch anti-aging plans. Let's make men men again. Book today at lowcountrymail.com. Hello, folks. Palmetto Smokehouse and Oyster Bar in downtown Clemson is where all the cuisines of South Carolina collide with a shot of New Orleans. Palmetto's offers an incredible menu, from sweet smoky brisket to herb the rib man's legendary ribs. Seafood as good as you can get at the beach and New Orleans style oysters prepared six different ways. Convenient evening and weekend parking is available. Palmetto's Smokehouse and Oyster Bar in downtown Clemson. So Google us and get you some. One of the best things about Clemson is the family atmosphere. And that's what we strive to offer at Harrison's. When my parents started Harrison's over 25 years ago, they weren't thinking about how fast they could grow. They focused on providing hardworking folks excellent customer service and the best workwear and work boots. And now we have grown, but our focus hasn't changed. And whether you're visiting a Harrison store for the first time or the hundredth time, we want you to feel like family. Come see us in Spartanburg and Malden or visit harrisonsusa.com. 
powered by Upcountry Fiber. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Well, that's what we're here for. To get you out of your sports glass case of emotion. You're welcome. We are the Roar. Continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead here on a Friday. Fantastic show coming your way. Those imposters. <laughs> Still a good song. Still a good song. I'll give it to you. And Impo- to them. I'll give it to them. Imposters get run off. I heard we had some imposters leaving the area. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe it's just a rumor. Synergy. <laughs> I love it when I can uh, make Quark speechless. That's the greatest. That's the greatest segue in show history. Hey, while we wait on Brett Friedlander, uh, why didn't you storm the court last night at Wake Forest, dude? The heck! I should have done that. You had an opportunity. I should have done that. You know what? I should have done it. I. You know what I should have done? Truly, I should have run to the other end. You know who should have stormed the court? You know who should have done it? Roy Philpott should have stormed the court. Man, it was... Oh, can I just brag on us for a moment? Can I just brag on us? It was WCCP alumni night last night, apparently, in Winston-Salem as Clemson women's basketball defeats Wake Forest. You've got William Quackenbush on the radio call. You've got Roy Philpott on the TV call. And Kelly Gramlich's doing the studio show at halftime during the game. I'm like, God, good grief. It's fantastic. I listen, I I mean, I was waiting on a like a cameo from Dutch Coleman or something. <laughs> he wasn't far up the road. No. Um, where is he now? Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill, okay. Yes. Um, let me let me just say there's a picture, there's a great picture, and I, I was thinking about posting it. I probably will at some point. Austin Christensen, the uh athletic communications guy for women's basketball now. He had he sent me like a handful of pictures of me. One of them highlights my bald spot, which I'm not sure I'm, I feel great about that. Hey, you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get used to it. It grows over time is what I hear. But there is one, and I don't know if you can see this, there is one where I'm talking to Roy uh, before the game. Oh, yeah. How about that? That's a, that's a roar power conversation. There is real moving and shaking going on over there. R- captivating stuff. Did you, did you uh, text with Kelly? She was in Connecticut, right? She was in Connecticut, yeah. yeah. I did not yesterday. She did send me some stuff this morning that made me laugh. So we've uh, okay. we come back and forth this morning. As long as you got that. Did covered. you did you see can I tell can I tell you what she sent? <laughs> uh, please. She sent me this post from this guy named Matthew Kemp. And it's this <laughs> it's this guy in a gym. I'm gonna show you this across the glass. It's this guy in a gym that's riding a stationary bike, stabbing things with a with a uh like a sword. <laughs> yes. He's just stabbing the air with the sword. 
And somebody, and, and this is what it says, WTF is he training for? He's literally doing like crunches with the, with the sword oh, stabbing. Why, so he, did, why did she send you that? So the quote tweet is, <laughs> it says WTF is he traded for? And the quote tweet is, that's Jay Bill is prepared to stop court story. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And he looks just like Billis. It's like an 80% facial match for Billis. Oh, my goodness. It is absolutely perfect. If y'all have seen that, y'all know what I'm talking about. If you've seen that, oh, my Lord, it is amazing. <laughs> Jay Billis. <laughs> Try to stop court stormings. What we should have done is we should have had Roy stand where Kyle Filipowski did and exit the floor in an efficient manner just uh-huh. to show the big gangly 6'10 oaf how it's done. Or, you know, we we also could have done, we could have had Roy fake an injury and then have six people run from the sidelines and haul him off like, again, JFK in Dallas. Why? Why? (laughs) Just to show everybody how it's done. Great security presence at Wake last night, by the way. Those people are not. Second in the league behind uh, Notre Dame in terms of niceness. Listen, that is the truth. All, all jokes aside, and well, I mean, our jokes are not towards Wake Forest. Notre Dame people are so inc- they're nauseously nice during the games. Are they not? The people yes. who work in their arena. Oh yes. And Wake Forest people are the same way. They're yeah, the good good people. Absolutely. I don't I don't encounter many that are not. I've had a had a few minor, but most people are very nice. But Notre Dame was one of the places that caught me off guard at how nice they were. Oh, yeah. Um, real quick, before we get to And, William, hang on. We're coming to you. We've got Brett Freelander coming up this segment. Uh, text from the 864 says, Why did it sound like somebody was loudly folding metal chairs behind you? Was there a mic directly on the rim? Yes, and they. I swear they kept messing with the volume. Like, one time Sarah Joe jumped on a shot because it was so loud in our ears. Uh, last night, I don't know what was happening with the rims, but it did. It sounded, it was creaky. Uh, it was, it was weird. Uh, Brett Friedlander joins us right now. He's at SaturdayRoad.com. He's at Beefried ACC on Twitter. Uh, we're talking ACC with him here on a Friday. Brett, what's up, man? Not much. I agree with you too. By the way, Notre Dame is one of my favorite places to visit. That in Syracuse, the, the, the people are always so nice, and it's just always so darn cold up there. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, the best thing about Syracuse is that they fixed it where the wind tunnel, when you go in the team entrance, is no longer a thing. Because I did that one time. I broke the rules one time. It's like I felt like Charlie and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory when he when he goes into the he, he takes the fizzy lifting drinks or whatever. That's yep. that's what it that's what it felt like. What, what if people don't know what you're talking about? It used to be a pressurized building to literally to keep the roof up, so you had to go through double doors. You went through like this air chamber, and if if both doors were opened at the same time, uh, I saw Clay Sweeney, Davo's youngest son. I think that's his youngest. Yeah, uh-huh. I saw Clay Sweeney when he was a really little boy. Almost leave his feet in that situation. I believe it. I mean, it, it's a, it's like you know, a hurricane. It's funny, too, because the it, inside the building, because, you know, that air was holding the roof up. I was at an NCAA uh, regional game there uh, many moons ago, and Duke was playing, I want to say, Florida. They ended up losing in the in the Elite Eight. 
And Chris Carrowell, I think it was, had a great shooting game in the first half. In the second half, he couldn't throw it in the ocean from the beach. And after the game, somebody asked him what was the difference, and he said, I had the wind at my back in the first half. I was shooting into it in the second. <laughs> the wind. That's funny. That is good. That's really good. Um, I am interested. I read your column, uh, I believe it was yesterday I read it, about the first-year coaches in the ACC. And none of these teams are great, but I think all three of these guys, Adrian Autry, Michael, Shrew- Michael Shrewsbury, and Damon Stoudemire, I think they're all doing a pretty good job. And, and Shrewsbury and Stoudemire, I think, are doing it under the radar. What are your thoughts on those three guys? I agree, and I think it's a very, very big reason why the middle and the bottom of the ACC is, is very much improved this year. You know, Even though their records don't show it, Michael Shrewsbury in particular – because basically he had a total clean slate. Uh, you know, Adrian Autry had the, the benefit of Judah Mintz and three guys who are sophomores now, Malik Brown and, uh, and, and, and a couple of other guys who, who, um, who, you know, showed some promise last year and have taken a leap this year. So he had something to work with. Uh, Damon Stoudemire had Miles Kelly and Kyle Sturdivant and, and, and Debo, um, I want to say Debo Samuels, but, but anyway, um, but, um, uh, but, but, so, but, but Shrewsbury basically had a, a walk-on who didn't play, another walk-on, a red shirt who didn't play last year and who averaged like 1.5 points per game, and, and that was basically it. And, you know, with his son coming in and Marcus Burton, uh, he, who had originally um, uh, committed to Mike Bray and decided to stay, uh, he's got a nice, you know, a nice foundation. Now all he needs to do is build some depth and get some big guys. And I think Notre Dame could be in a position to make a pretty good jump next year. I, I would agree with that. And um, Clemson's going there Saturday. And I think the Tigers, obviously, you got to play well because Wake Forest found that out. And I know Wake has not been nearly as good away from home as Clemson. What's your level of concern for the Tigers this weekend? Well, I think you've got to take advantage of you know, PJ Hall and Ian Shifflin and. And, and your inside game because I think that's where Notre Dame is vulnerable. Uh, but they defend, and if if you let them stick around, those two guards can fill it up. Uh, Shrewsbury and Burton are are really good, and you know they they've got some decent complementary players. But if you let them stick around, their perimeter shooting will hurt you. Uh, and like I said, you've got to take advantage of your inside advantage because that's where that's where Notre Dame really uh, is, is weakest. I have a, a little bit of a weird question because Kevin Keats made the NCAA tournament last year. We talked about him being on the hot seat. He makes the tournament. He's seemingly off the hot seat. Brett, I'm looking at NC State's last three games. It's possible they don't win any of those, and they're sitting at 17 and 14 and 9 and 11 in conference play, and nowhere close to the NCAA tournament bubble. Is there any like rumor mill, anything going on with Keats this year, or has last year bought him some time? Well, first of all, when you when you throw those numbers out there, they don't sound terrible, but consider he was five and one in the ACC to start. Mm, yeah. So what does that make him since then? Uh, four and nine. Uh, yeah, you know, he's four so, and seven right now. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I he's not going anywhere, and I don't know. That, well, yes, last year bought him something, and not goodwill. Last year bought him a very, very valuable uh, contract extension that um, that automatically kicked in 
by uh, by by making the NCAA tournament. So he's under contract now until 2028, and he's got a really prohibitive buyout this year. It goes down considerably next year. So I don't think he's going anywhere unless you know the fans just you know influence uh, Boo uh, uh, Corrigan to the point where you know that money talks and everything walks and. And, and, and they just feel like financially they've got to do it. But uh, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I, and not only that, but he's got a really strong recruiting class coming in next year, uh, a couple of four stars. And um, uh, so I, I, I think he's safe. I think that's why you really don't hear buzz about it, uh, because it, it, financially it just doesn't make sense for them. It, it's sort of a situation like Jeff Capel was in last year in Pittsburgh, where the only reason he got, you know, he got that opportunity last year to save his job was because his buyout was way too high and it went down the following year. Well, the following year he got him into the tournament. So now here he is still there. But uh, I think that uh, Keats uh, will definitely be uh, in a win-or-else situation next season. He is Brett Friedlander. Check him out at BFreedACC on Twitter and at SaturdayRoad.com. Virginia Duke looks like an enticing matchup if you're just looking at records. Brett, I think Virginia's just overmatched in this game. Am I wrong to feel that way? Yes, but uh, Caleb Foster is not going to play, and Duke's backcourt rotation is now down a man. And to kind of make up the difference against Louisville, uh, John Shire experimented with going bigger. Uh, and so, you know, you're going to be talking with a di- about a different dynamic. You're going to be talking about different chemistry, different lineup combinations. And so, you know, you may catch Duke at a good time here, but they're at Cameron. Duke is now in a position where they need to win out to at least guarantee themselves a, a um, share of the regular season championship and a number one seed in the, uh, in the tournament. And so I think you're going to see a pretty determined Duke team. Plus, there's a kid by the name of Filipowski who I think is looking to make some sort of a statement because he's had a rough week. And uh, I, I would think that given Virginia's inside game, uh, that Filipowski might be the, the difference maker there because I don't know that Virginia has anybody who can match up with him. Yeah, let's talk about Filipowski for a second. I've said that I think the court storming conversation is fine to have. I don't have any issue with people talking about court storming. I thought the Filipowski situation was, it was overblown. It ended up being overblown. It was a scary situation, certainly, but it was not particularly dangerous in my mind. Where do you stand on that conversation about court storming and uh, Filipowski and Duke's role in sort of igniting that this week? Well, first of all, it was overblown because who was involved? Duke. Duke. Yeah. And so it's always going to be overblown. And so, and listen, court storms happen everywhere in this country every week. We don't hear about them. Okay. And by the way, the SEC fines teams $100,000 for the first offense, $250,000 for the second, and I believe a half a million for the third. And yet, guess what? They still happen. South Carolina stormed the floor when they beat Kentucky. LFU did the same when they beat Kentucky. You can't take Fifty middle-aged minimum wage security guards and put them around the court and hope that they have any prayer of holding back five thousand young people getting ready to rush as a group onto the court. So you can do all you want and talk all you want about outlawing, banning them, finding them. It is not going to stop them. And you know what? I don't think they should because 
being in college is supposed to be a fun situation. You know, going to games is enjoyable. And as long as you don't hurt anybody, and other than, you know, the, the highly publicized Caitlin Clark and now Kyle Filipowski incident, most of the time nobody gets hurt. Uh, there's that. Um, as far as that situation is concerned, uh, I think, you know, it, it's been overblown. I mean, it's, it is what it is, and now we move on. Visiting with Brett Friedlander here. Time for one or two more as we look ahead to the weekend in college basketball. I think Wake Forest in a tough spot here. You know, people were begging and begging and begging. You got to put Wake Forest in. They're they're a tournament team. And then they go and they they lose on the road at Notre Dame. And Brett, like I said, they have not played well on the road. And Virginia Tech has not either, but they are playing at home and they are very good in their building. I think this is a very tough spot for Wake. We'll see. I'm not... I'm not convinced that Virginia Tech is uh, – we'll, we'll see. I mean, listen, if Wake wins two out of its last three games and doesn't lose to a double-digit seed in the first round of the ACC tournament, they're in. Yes. And and I think, again, if they go to Blacksburg tomorrow and win, then this conversation is, is over. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they have to prove they can win on the road. They've done it twice. It's not like they're, they're winless. I mean, they're 14-0 and at home. Uh, but but they, they do have to prove that they, they can win on the road. Uh, I think that Virginia Tech is a place that they can win because Virginia Tech is now any bubble talk that they had. Uh, Who did they lose to this week? Was it Syracuse? Uh, I, yes, they lost I to Syracuse. And, and they needed to win that game to have any chance. Now, losing that game means they've got to go to D.C. and win out. And so I think maybe the urgency kind of is not going to be the same. Uh, and not just on the court, but in the stands. So we'll, mm. we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a test, and Wake Forest failed its last test. Uh, and some of that maybe you can you can chalk up to the post Duke hangover and the whole controversy in the in the the, the, the distraction of the, the court storm. We'll see. And it, I, I think I think they have to do a much better job of of, of taking advantage of of uh, Efton Reed inside. I, I think that, you know, Hunter Salas has been great, and Cam Hildreth has done a good job, and Boopy Miller and all, but I think that they've kind of gotten caught up in, in a, becoming a perimeter team, and I think they need, to, they need to look to jam it inside a little bit more. Brett, we appreciate it as always. Follow him on Twitter at BeFreedACC. Check out his great work at SaturdayRoad.com. Thanks, my friend. Enjoy a nice, full, athletic weekend, and we'll talk again next week. I know, and I hope the weather cooperates because there's a little baseball series there down in your your neck of the woods that uh, I think a lot of people are interested in. Yeah, it's looking like a washout today, but no one's saying. So we're, we're holding out hope. Well, hopefully they are able to get it in because, you know, those games are a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Enjoy. Thanks, Brett. All right. Take it easy. All right. You too. That's Brett Freelander joining us. 654 Roar. We'll get to William's phone call. Appreciate your patience. We'll get to some more. 654 Roar if you want to join and back for more Out of Bounds after this. Here at ATV Outfitters, we stock more ATV, UTV, motocross, and street bike products than anyone for hundreds of miles around. We have more than 10,000 tires and wheels on hand, and we pride ourselves on great prices and getting you the accessories you need fast. Come see us in the items that are readily available to get your vehicle ready for the street, trail, or mud pit. Don't buy elsewhere. We'll both lose money. Come by the store located at 2485 Rutherford Road, Greenville, or shop online at ATVOutfitters.net. Clemson's new music venue, The Basement, presents Nashville recording artist Trey Lewis live on Friday, March 8th. 
Doors open at 7 p.m. and show starts at 9. Don't miss Trey Lewis at the basement. 21 and over, located behind It's Your Wiener Restaurant and Bar. Get your tickets now at thebasementclemson.com. Nashville recording artist Trey Lewis at The Basement in Clemson, Friday, March 8th. Don't miss it. Two thousand eight was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle, or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Unlock the secret to successful weight loss with Ph.D. Weight Loss. Ph.D. Weight Loss believes in nutrition, not gimmicks or pills. Their approach is simple. Learn healthy, sustainable nutrition habits and eliminate junk food. No counting calories, just a personalized eating plan for big results. Persevere and enhance your muscle mass while losing fat. With Ph.D., cravings become non-existent. Make a rewarding life change with Ph.D. Weight Loss. Visit MyPhDWeightLoss.com today. Ph.D. Weight Loss and Nutrition. Lose the fat, not the muscle. Every shot, every block, every game. We're your home for Clemson basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. All right, hour one continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead. E- just easy listening. Easy listening today. So far. Stay tuned for more. Uh, are you surprised where Brett f- falls on court storming? Yes. Yes! <laughs> I thought, I was Br- like, I thought Brett was going to be put up barbed wire guy. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like one of the reasons, well, honestly, one of the reasons I like having him on is because every now and then he gives you like a left turn. Like you think you know where he stands on stuff yeah. based on other stuff he said in the past, and he's like, "Let the kids have college." I'm like, "Hey, there we go, little uh, little okey doke there." Let's go to William, who's up with us next on the phone. Six five four roar is the number. What's up, William? Not much. I got two things to say, Quark. Right. Um I, I was very worried that this game wasn't going to get played tonight, but then I heard you say that it was going to be a washout, so I feel a little bit better. <laughs> That's so a long-time listener that. right there. That's somebody <laughs> who knows the material. <laughs> so if you could say that like once every hour, that we're no, don't don't tempt it. Let's just stay with one. Just stay uh, with one. Um, so, so don't say it again, but you're glad that I said it once? Yes, I'm glad you said it <laughs> once. And then... <laughs> um. What would you put the over-under on combined home runs this weekend? Because <clears throat> I saw that with my friend last night. Because Petri and Messina and then Cantarella and um, – I mean, it would be ten and a half, don't you think? Yes. Depending on what the uh, – depending on what the, the wind does, I would say – I would say nine and a half is probably a good number because you could go under that and get three homers a game. But I think both of these teams are capable of doing that. I would probably set it at nine and a half, and I would, 
I would I would want people to take the over, thinking that nine is a possibility. Um, you know, if right. I were if I were making a book on it, and I'm not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks. I think there's going to be a lot of run score because, like, to me. The, the great thing about this rivalry is, number one, that there is some unpredictability, that unsung heroes do step up. But also, I mean, do you do you see a likelihood that any of these starters, like, does what Aiden Canock did Sunday and throw six shutout innings? I just don't. No. Um, I, I see the a likelihood where, yeah, I mean, I, I see a likelihood where, like, these starters go four innings and give up three or four runs each. I think that's probably more likely sure. with these two lineups. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna take eight to win each game, maybe. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I think I would say if you're scoring fewer than six, you're not feeling great about your ability to win a game this weekend. Right. All right, it should be fun, man. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Appreciate it, William. Thanks for the phone call. It's thanks again. It's a thanks very much. I it. It does. It does beg the question. And William, for the record, uh, Texter does say, in keeping with the theme from the A four three, expect low scoring now. Thanks, Quark. <laughs> so every just fade, just fade everything I say about this series. Just fade it all. You know, since we have weather today, I was thinking maybe there would be some wind tomorrow in Columbia. But I, I just looked at really not anything of significance. So. All, especially Doug Kingsmore, that's always something to consider. Like, if, if you're seriously, if if you're financially make, if you're making financial decisions on home runs at Doug Kingsmore, you gotta check the wind. Oh man, yes. But all looks good right now. No wind or wind out is home runs. No wind is now a hitter's ballpark. You know, uh, Eric Backage says something about that in the preseason, like in January. He made just sort of a passing comment about it, and he said before he'd like to have a ballpark with a, a little bit bigger dimensions. Uh, he said Jimmy Overtop was hitting balls out of the ballpark because it's too small. He just, like, threw that in there. And I would, to Coach Package, I would say, so? <laughs> <laughs> Chicks dig the long ball, so do I. You know what's funny? I remember when it when it was a bigger, a bigger stadium. Oh, um, yeah. Remember when they moved they moved home plate up? This was several years ago. Yeah, but well, but the fence that's up now is not the original fence. No, you know that that I think I guess you can still walk in between them. You can, um, you know, it was significantly. What did it move in eight feet? It was it was a good bit. Yeah, I would I would say it was around that ten foot mark if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, and for textures, if you're just tuning in, we we really don't know anything about today's game. We don't know if they would make it up when they would make it up. None of those questions have been answered, so I, I wish we could tell you more. I've got people on standby, so hopefully we will find out as soon as uh, as soon as the official word comes down, and we'll be able to let you know that. Um, I, you know, I, I said all that about home runs. The average between both of these teams so far in the season which may or may not be a gauge we're st- we're in small sample size territory Th- this is Clemson's the best team South Carolina's played South Carolina's the best team Clemson's played thus far that's I don't think that I'm breaking any news on that but looking at both teams the the average combined home runs per game is like 3.35 
So that would come out to around 10 home runs this weekend, which is kind of to, to Williams' point there. There are a couple of guys that I think probably you would think are candidates for that, that their candidacies may not be as strong as you might think. Um, you know, look at Clemson's statue, for example. Uh, there, there, are, there are a couple of notable, not absences, but guys who have not put up power numbers that you might have expected so far. You've got somebody like, uh, who was I looking at this morning? Um, Alden Mathis hits a Grand Slam opening day, has only hit one. Um, Nolan Naraki's got a lot of pop. He's only got two extra base hits on the year. Um, I, you know, you've got Will Taylor, obviously, with three, all coming in one game. So the numbers are a little bit misleading on that in terms of the production throughout the year. The one for South Carolina that I find very interesting so far. Did you see the uh did you see the home run from the from the midweek where Gavin Costas is getting yelled at? The guy says, "Get in the box, Costas." Did you did you see that? I did that? not see that. Yeah, so it, it seemed like it was coming from the uh from the dugout and it was the I believe it was the Gardner-Webb game from this weekend or from uh, from this week from Tuesday. And he, he yells, "Get in the box, Costas." And he's already in the box. So I don't even I don't even really know what that's about. And he hits a bomb. I mean, an absolute moonshot. Like, it was it was way, way out of the ballpark. And I was thinking, golly, you know, he's, he's going to be a problem. Gavin Casas, a problem. Obviously, uh, Tristan Casas, big-time Red Sox prospect, younger brother, very, very good player. You look at the stat sheet for South Carolina. Gavin Casas not having a great year. That was his first home run of the season. Uh, South Carolina's only hit 11 home runs in nine games. They got a lot of pop in that lineup, but it has not translated into home runs. They only have two guys with more than one homer so far this year. Now, they're hitting 285, um, but they're they're stealing a few bases. Um, they're moving guys a, a little bit more. They've got four sack bunts. Dylan Brewer has two sack bunts and no home runs and no strikeouts. What in the world? <laughs> If you'd have told me all that, I'd have said you were crazy and you're looking at backwards. So you're, you're looking at some backwards. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe some of that is a bit overblown. I do think the power potential in both lineups is significant. It's, it's significant this weekend. Um, a couple other things I asked Brett about that I'd love to get your thoughts on. I, ben, I disagree with Brett about Wake and Virginia Tech. I am blindly backing Virginia Tech at home. Blindly. I don't need any other. I don't need any other. Um, any other information? If Virginia Tech is playing at home, and particularly if they're playing a team like Wake Forest, who I generally will fade on the road, I think Wake is losing at Virginia Tech this weekend. Man, I, if I have to pick a side, I think I would go with the home team. Virginia Tech has been one of those teams this year, Quack, that I just can't quite put my finger on who they are. I just don't have a great feel for who they are. Um, it's the same team that's lost on the road back-to-back, and I emphasize on the road, to Pitt and Syracuse. But, you know, they they also just annihilated Virginia before that 
um, you know, they they beat Clemson really early in the season and did it kind of convincingly. They've got some good wins and they've got some bad losses. I I just it's never uh, it's never a bad thing though to take Virginia Tech at home. I, I would say they do have they shoot better in their building. They shoot a lot better in their building, as a matter of fact. So that this is a stay away from me because I can also convince myself that Wake Forest has a uh, a significant bounce back game here. Wake Forest and Virginia in the latest projections are last four in or, you know, where you're not having to play in Dayton. So they like last four buys, uh, last four buys. Yeah. I think that's what you call it. Yeah. Last four buys. Um, so they, they should be highly motivated from that standpoint. And also from really an embarrassing loss at Notre Dame. Um, you know, again, I think some of that was hangover from the Duke game, but I don't know. Important game, much more important game for Wake Forest than it is for Virginia Tech. Yeah, it is just um, a stay away game for me. You know that that and that's fine. I, I I'm I'm okay with that. Um, and, and Texture says Wake is awful on the road, though. You're you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking I'm looking at Wake Forest on the road, and it's crazy how these it's crazy how these teams' home road splits are so similar. Like I'm looking at ACC play on the road, and Wake Forest won at Boston College, lost at Florida State, lost at NC State, lost at North Carolina. Lost by lost at Pittsburgh, won at Georgia Tech by twenty nine. Go figure. Lost at Duke, lost at Virginia, lost at Notre Dame. I can make an argument that like losing at Florida State's not horrible, and losing at NC State's not horrible, and losing at Pitt's not horrible, losing at Virginia's not horrible, and they were competitive in all of those games. So it's not like they're winning by double digits at home and losing by double digits on the road. It's not like that. Um, but then home games, they haven't lost. They're undefeated in conference play at home. Virginia Tech is in a similar spot where you look at their their results in the league. At home, they beat Louisville. They beat Clemson. They lost to Miami. Then they beat Boston College. They beat Georgia Tech. They lost to Duke. They beat Florida State. They beat Virginia. They got two losses. Here are the teams they've lost to on the road. Uh, they've lost to Wake. And Florida State and Virginia, they beat NC State by six. They lost to Miami, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Pitt, and Syracuse. They're they're like one and eight on the road in league, but they're six and two at home. Mm. I just think both both of these teams, and by the way, Wake Forest destroyed Virginia Tech by twenty three in their building back in January when they played. And see, I feel like that's. That's not a not a good sign. That's a sign that you're maybe not that great a team. If you can't, if you can't do a little better on the road, or, and you're just relying on your home court, maybe you're not that great a team. I don't know. It's again, I t- a stay away from game for me. I can convince myself either way on this one. Wake, Wake Forest is an you, interesting. You think one. Virginia Tech wins this? one? I do. I think Virginia Tech wins this. If I have to pick a side, I'm going to pick that side. Wake Forest is an interesting team because they do act, even when they play on the right, they look like an NCAA tournament team. They just look like a tournament team. But I'm, I, I've am i been understanding of the reasons why they're not in or why they haven't been in. 
I like I I kind of get it. Um, and part of it is that they they don't have a signature win outside of their building. Well, they didn't have a signature win at all really until until Duke on Saturday. We'll talk more about uh, basketball. We'll talk more football too coming up. And speaking of home and away, we know home and away opponents in basketball next year. And I think it's very favorable for the Tigers. I do, too. Let's talk about that on the other side. Uh, Speaking of things that are favorable, how about Willie Taco? Obviously favorable. Uh, They've got great specials, happy hour specials today. We've talked about Taco Tuesday and Trivia Thursday. Uh, They have a four-for-20 menu that is to die for. Check out that banquet room. Look, we've said it a million times. We'll keep saying it. There is lots to love about Willie Taco because you can sort of uh, you can sort of choose your own adventure at Willie Taco. Happy hour, watch the game, take the family, have a birthday party. You could do it all at Willie Taco. Very few places you can say that about. Very few. Go by and see Willie Taco. Five upstate locations, including the one there in Easley. Hour one is done. Hour two, we're talking more hoops. We're talking college football after this.